Welcome everyone to the Opinionated Podcast. Here we are again tonight covering UFC, looking at uh, the UFC fight night that just passed, as well as UFC 252. I'm your host, AJ. We have Jay and, again, our five-star guest, Chief Wiggum, who, who may as well just be uh, just a, a regular a regular guy on here now. How, how's everyone doing tonight? Doing great. Let's talk some fighting. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. All right, so before we get into UFC 252, we're going to take a look at the, the fight night that just passed. Which the main event was Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis versus Aleski Olenek. And with the co-main event, Amari Akhmadov versus Chris Weidman. Akhmadov was coming into this fight, is ranked the number 11th middleweight versus Chris Weidman, who's, who's had a difficult time, to say the least, uh, to get back on track since his Anderson Silva wins. Chris Weidman egged him out in three-round decision, who looked uh, looked real bad. I mean, let's just be honest. He looked terrible in that second round. Um, but he made the win. According to him, put the the middleweight division on notice. What did you guys think about that? Um, I think it was a solid effort from Chris Weidman against, uh, you know, a solid, solid opponent. Um but at the end of the day, was this, I impressed with anything that Chris Weidman did? Not particularly. I, I don't think anybody in the middleweight division was really uh, impressed or, you know, put on notice by Chris Weidman, um, especially anybody in that top elite tier, uh, or Yoel Romero, uh, Paula Costa, and, of course, the champion Israel Osanya. I don't think any of them had any kind of thought about Chris Weidman. Uh Coming off of this with this W, that puts him at two and five with five knockout losses in his last seven fights. It had been two years since his last win. So, with that in mind, uh, you know, Chris was the champion at one point. He was the first man to defeat Anderson Silva after his long title run, and he defeated him twice. Uh, he beat, you know, he defended the belt twice, UL Machida. Uh, Vitor Belfort, and then, you know, had a good solid fight against Luke Rockhold that he ended up losing, which which people will point to as possibly the turn in his career where he started this downhill slope. Uh, you know, at, at this at this stage of his career, you kind of got to ask, what is he really still fighting for? Uh, is he, did he really honestly think he's going to be the champion, be the champion, beat Israel Adesanya, you know, beat those top contenders, the undefeated Paula Costa, the animal that is uh, Real Romero, you know, I, I don't think so. E- even even Robert Whitaker, he's not even going to get close to beating him. There's, I wouldn't bet on Chris Weidman to beat any of those guys on short notice, on one day's notice. So congratulations right. for him on the win. And, and maybe you're, you're, you know, in your late 30s, it might be time to hang it up. Yeah. You know, this was this was actually my favorite fight on the card. And I, there, there's something about bigger guys wrestling, just going out there and wrestling. I, I think you could see the toll it was taken on both of them. Omari is huge. And uh, I mean, I, those shoulders were, were, were something else. And his takedown defense was really, really good. I think Weidman attempted, what, like 15 takedowns? Um, he, he got a few. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good, it was a good match. I thought that first round was pretty back and forth. I gave it to Weidman though. Second round was, was all Omari. Uh, and then obviously the third round, he, uh, he got him down early and, and Omari just couldn't get him off. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't, I don't know what's, what's next for him. 
per se. He got the win, didn't didn't necessarily look spectacular getting it. So, um, but again, this guy this guy's tough. I don't know if you guys saw, but but DC said that Khabib could take anyone down from one fifty five to to one eighty five. Uh, have you did you guys see that? I didn't, but I I kind of actually I wouldn't I'd believe it. Okay, well, see, now I I was believing it too, but then I saw Omari and I'm like, man, you know, would, would Khabib be able to get this guy down and control him? I don't I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, I thought it was a good fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Weidman was five for 16 with his five for 16 with his takedowns. So, I mean, not not really good. And there, there was... There was a few times I thought he could have finished him when he had him on the ground, but he was just gassed, and you you could see it. There was a couple times when he, I mean, he had full mount, and I thought he was just going to start welling on him, but no, that didn't happen. There were a couple times he had his back and still didn't do much from it. But I I don't know. I I guess he was just trying to get out of that get out of that round with a W at that point. Yeah, going one and five in his in his first, last six fights, I think that that was probably the number one focus for the team was just to go out with a W no matter what and then work on the, the latter stuff after the W. Yeah, we'll 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 see what unfolds for that. But so let's let's get to the main the main event. Derek Lewis, the black beast versus Aliski the Ruski, who what what's his nickname again? Was it the Python? The boa constrictor? The boa constrictor. Yeah, boa. Might as well be Jake the Snake Roberts, right? The <laughs> boa constrictor. Derek Lewis, uh man, what I, I thought that was it was a pretty exciting fight. Comes out, knocks him out in the second round. Now he has somebody please correct me. The most knockouts in UFC history, or is it just in heavyweight, in the heavyweight class? In the heavyweight division. In the Wait. heavyweight division, Derek Lewis. What did you guys think of this fight? Uh, this showed me that Derek Lewis still wants to another title shot. You know, I, I don't know if it's so much his motivation or if it's injuries or if it's just his personality. It kind of comes off sometimes of whether he is just doing it for fun or if he actually wants to be a, a title contender or, or a champion. Uh, but he came in slim, a slim 265, which is saying a lot. Before, he used to just cut the weight just to make it. Now he looks like he is an athletic 265. He came out firing. He showed some new new dimensions of, of takedown defense, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu defense, being able to get back on the feet. And then, you know, exploding, that explosive power is just ridiculous. He went from a flying knee, catching him with the, the hook, and then just that ridiculous ground and pound to finish the fight. And this is a, I mean, this, first of all, this guy's Russian, so we know he's tough. Uh, he, he's, he's ran off a few impressive wins where he's, he's submitted guys out of nowhere. So we know his, his jujitsu is 100% legit. His submission game yeah. is phenomenal off of his back. Yep. He's been able to submit multiple people. So, you know, we knew he was a threat and this was a guy that nobody in the heavyweight division wants to fight. It's just that awkward style. It's, it's a no name guy. And you have a legitimate chance to lose. So a lot of people duck him. And Derek Lewis took this fight and finished him. And, you know, won most of the fight. I thought he he looked impressive the entire time. And I'm excited to see what's next for Derek Lewis. Yeah, you know, I, I thought the game plan was interesting how he he came out and immediately went for the the takedown. 
you know, I, I that this is not a guy you necessarily want to be on the ground with. And so you could tell that he had more confidence in his his grappling skills. Um, now, of course, he was quickly reversed um, and it looked like, you know, at the end of the first round, it looked like he had transitioned to an Americana. But, um, you know, the the time the round went out. But, um, yeah, Olenek is just a guy. He, he hits those Ezekiels out of anywhere. He can do it standing from his back on top of you. He, he's very smooth with with his his submission game. And so I thought Derek Lewis was in trouble. And uh, yeah, he he survived. And then in that second round, he just immediately came out with the flying knee, the right and then and then finished him on the ground. I guess my only question is Derek Lewis and and Francis Naganu, they they fought to a draw. Like how is that possible? How was that a boring like how the most anticipated this there's no way this fight's going to go all the rounds end up being one of the biggest stinkers in heavyweight history. Right? Yeah, I, I, it was probably they were just respecting each other's power too much is what I would I would guess because these are these are guys who throw bombs and so i'd love to see that fight ran back so i i want i agree with you 100 percent um i the issue with that is i don't know if if that they're going to be able to make that fight he's clamoring for a title shot i think he is the number one contender and 100 percent deserves a title shot i think Derek lewis is one win away from a title shot and, and everybody's kind of at a standstill of what's going to happen on saturday between DC and Stipe of how this goes, you know, depending on Stipe took, if he has another eye injury, he could be on break for a long while. So they could do those two guys for an interim title. You know, it's all going to depend on how Saturday plays out. Uh, If, if, if DC wins and walks away, then who are the two people they get to fight for the belt after? So it just kind of depends on what happens on Saturday, but yeah, I'd love to see them run it back. I think it, it I think it was kind of a perfect storm of both being afraid of the power, both maybe some injuries, maybe some confidence stuff that led to them not pulling the trigger. I think now going into a rematch it'd be a completely different fight. Definitely agree. What do you think, AJ? Oh man. Um just just for clarification for the listeners' sake. Um what is it? Uh Der- Derek Lewis won that, that fight against Francis Ngannou off of uh a decision uh a terrible de- i mean it was it was an awful fight oh my gosh um but i i think that's i think that's where i think he definitely like back to what gabe was saying he kind of reinvented himself is he still that big strike um throw haymaker thrower absolutely does he still have the knockout power yeah but like like gabe said he came in he said his cardio has been better than ever, something that's been a knock on him through his whole career. He talked about after at the uh, post fight interview, he doesn't want to look at any fights until he gets, he loses even more weight. And I thought his, um, his ground game was a lot better than what it's been before. And yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, Oh man, there's definitely an advantage to having a bald head you know, wrestling and grappling because there was a couple of times his head slipped out of a bunch of different things. So I was like, Oh, okay. All right. But man, did you, did you guys see that cut at the top of uh, the bow constrictor's head when he was, when he was smacking him at the end? I did. Yeah, I did. Ooh, that was bad. 
That was bad. But I, I, I agree. I mean, I, Stipe was what Stipe was talking about retirement some time ago. We know this is DC's last fight. So I think, honestly, I kind of think whoever wins out of that fight is done. Well, I mean, we know DC's done, but if Stipe wins, I think he's done too. So it only makes sense to see an Nganu and Derek Lewis rematch for the vacant belt. Yeah, I'd be 100% okay with that, whether it's the vacant or the intern belt, depending on what plays out for the winner of the main event coming this Saturday. Speaking of let's Saturday, let's go to UFC 252. All right, let, let's let's start with uh, the bottom fights. Go ahead, take it away, Gabe. Yeah, so uh, this Saturday, starting off the card, we have uh, Herbert Burns, the younger brother of, uh, you know, was going to be title contender, uh, Gilbert Burns, and Daniel Panetta. So going to this fight, I don't. I know Herbert Burns. I've seen him fight a couple times. The majority of his wins come by submission. Uh, Panetta, I, ha- I can't honestly say I, I haven't seen much from him. Um, not much to what to really expect from this fight, but I do know Herbert Burns uh, likes to bring it, likes to finish his fights. He finishes the majority of his fights. He's never been finished, so I think it's more so a showcase for him. He is a minus two seventy favorite, so you're getting about two and a half. Uh, you're going to have to bet two and a half of your money just to get a little bit back. So he's a two and a half favorite on this card. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't know anything about <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know much either. I was going to ask you if, if this Herbert Burns was, was related to Gilbert Burns. Um, so since you already confirmed that, I, I assume that that means he's going to be pretty good on the ground. Is that a fair yeah. assessment? Yeah, 100% fair, fair assessment. He's He's got world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He, he's won most of his fights by submission. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, and he was very impressive in his last fight, which was uh, one of the UFC uh, fight, fight night on ESPN cards probably about two months ago, right, right during the COVID shutdown. He had mm-hmm. fought and, and looked, pre, you know, pretty dominant. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much that's not a lot on this on that first opening <laughs> right. fight. It's more of a yeah. it's probably more of a showcase fight for Burns, to be honest. Um, but okay. com, coming up uh, next, we have a bantamweight bout: John Dodson versus. I'm gonna butcher. I'm gonna butcher this, so bear with me. Harab Davala Shavelli. Sounds uh, good. Sounds good. Uh, so obviously the name on that fight is John Dodson. John Dodson, two-time uh, contender for the belt. He uh, won up twice, and a lot of people say he gave Demetrius Johnson probably his toughest battle, dropping him twice in their first bout, but you know, usually losing an unanimous decision and then losing all five rounds in their second fight. Uh, and then since then, I, I think Dodson's been on a pretty steady decline. He's become more of the the gateway guy, the name in the in that division. So he, he's more of the name in the division you have to beat in order to move on to a number one contender fight slash title fight. Uh, in all honesty, Mareb, I haven't watched fight much. Um, going by what I've seen from his card, 
Uh, he is the favorite coming into this fight, minus 220. So about a two to one favorite. Uh, most of his, his is coming off a four. He's on a four win fight, win streak. All four of those wins have been by uh, decision and not, not a name to be in those uh, four wins coming. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Dodson on that one. Um, he, he's just, he's fought the better competition. And so, you know, he, he got he he took a decision loss against Jan, but if you're gonna last against Jan, you you're you're pretty good. Uh, and like you said, he fought Demetrius Johnson. So I think I think in general he's uh he's fought better competition. I understand he's the underdog, but I would I would uh I would I would take that. I'll take those odds for sure. Yeah. Yep. Same. One thing we do know about Dodson is that he has power, and regardless of whether he's on the decline or not, he's fast. And if he hits you with that power, he's gonna put you on your butt. So there's always that knock knockout, uh, you know, percentage with a Dotson fight. So coming on the next fight, we have heavyweight belt, former heavyweight champion Junior Dos Santos. I'm gonna butcher this one too, so forgive me. Going up against uh, Jarzino Rosenstruck. So. Rosenstruck. Yeah, it was pretty good. So Rosenstruck. <laughs> <laughs> Rosenstruck is the favorite, minus one forty. So about a one and a half, one and a half favorite over the former champion. Uh, he's only has the one loss. He's coming off of the loss. Uh, first round, what was that? Ten seconds. Uh, knockout 20. to Francis and twenty seconds loss to yep. Francis and Ganu, which by all. Uh, measuring sticks isn't the worst thing in the world to get knocked out by Francis Ngannou because pretty much everybody has but two people, right? Right. So prior to that, undefeated and has KO'd every single opponent that he had come across. The most notable wins that he has is against Alistair Overeem, Andre Olosky. Uh I'm going to go with Rosenstruck in this one. He has an impressive kickboxing record. 85 fights, 76 wins, 64 of those by knockout. Multi, you know, he's former super heavyweight tournament champion, uh, former Grand Prix runner-up. So he has the striking pedigree. Junior Dos Santos isn't going to wrestle this guy. This fight is made to show, to put this guy back on the contender path, to build him back up, to contend for the title, depending on how all this plays out. They gave him an opponent who's going to stand and strike with him. Junior Dos Santos has good boxing for an MMA fighter, but a very questionable chin. He's been knocked out multiple Mm -hmm. times by multiple people. I think this ends in the first round. Rosenstruck KO uh, punches. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with Rosenstruck as well. I think, you know, Francis Nagano put Nyquil on the – on the gloves and uh you know put him to sleep really quick but like you said that's not that's not necessarily a a huge knock he called him out uh francis nagano so he thought he was ready he found out he wasn't but before that he had been on a tear and i mean i saw him uh verse overeem and he showed that he can go the distance it went it went uh you know into the fifth round and he got the knockout Obviously, Dos Santos has fought better competition, but he's older. Uh, I, I just I don't see any way Dos Santos is winning this. I, I don't know if it's going to be first round, but I, I got Rosenstruck beating him pretty handily. 
Oh man, I mean, I I think you you bring up an excellent point with uh, JDS having that real susceptible chin. I mean, he's been knocked out uh, three out of his last six losses, I want to say, and I mean to put that in better respect, he's been knocked out ugh, a lot. But uh, I mean, I I gotta go JDS. You know, he he has a a lot of good wins. I mean, he just knocked out Derek Lewis last year even though, you know, he's just coming off of a, a KO loss against Curtis Blades. But, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to go. It's it's honestly really hard to go for him when you look at Rosenstruck and you look at his pedigree, everybody he's fought thus far in the UFC, he's knocked out, and then he's going against somebody that has that has a glass chin, so to, so to speak. So, uh, you know, I, I – Man, he's gonna knock him out. I'd probably more than likely. I'd love for JDS to win, but it's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> I I just think with the, when you look at the two, that what they do best is, is striking, right? And but you look at Rosenstruck's pedigree as a world champion kickboxer, he just has the better striking. He has the more tools. JDS is athletic, but he's older in age. He has taken the punishment. He has the wear and tear. Rosenstruck has knocked out multiple people in the first round. He's had 11 fights, and most of them haven't got out of the halfway through the first round. He doesn't have any of that wear and tear. He is younger. He is the bigger, stronger fighter. I just think he's going to be end up doing much better in this in this fight. I, I just see it's going to go by knockout. Yep. Uh-huh. Sorry about that. I have uh, children coming in the room right now. Oh, man. I didn't know JDS beat Miochik back in the day. That was a long time ago. That's mm-hmm. when JDS was still prime JDS. Uh, if you ever want to see a, uh, one of the top 10 heavyweight fights of all time, 100% rewatch that fight. So, going on to. So going on to the next, the co-main event, Sean O'Malley, Marlon Vera. Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley is the hot, hot item in the UFC right now. Sean O'Malley is minus three twenty. So you're getting, th- he's a three to one favorite in this. Three hundred twenty dollars just to get a hundred bucks back on Sean O'Malley. Vegas is is betting pretty heavy that he's going to be the favorite. Uh. Multiple people have stated this is going to be the toughest fight of his career. So, Marlon Vera has an impressive UFC UFC career. Most of his, if not all of his fights, have ended in knockout. He's 15 wins, 6 losses, 5 knockouts, 7 submissions, 3 decisions in those wins. He's never been finished. Sean O'Malley's on the tear of finishing everybody he's come up against. He recently coming off a loss to Song Yadong, but the consensus is it's one of those bad decisions where most people thought that he had won the fight. So this is going to be the big test. This is the top 10 test of, hey, are you really a contender, Sean O'Malley? Well, let's see. We know he's going to be bringing his large social media following to this. So the UFC is betting big on Sean O'Malley to really showcase that 
he can be a name to carry this weight division and possibly contend for a title. Yeah, this, I got one's, this one's a tough one for me. I don't know how you guys are betting. Vegas is betting big on Sean O'Malley. We just haven't seen a lot out of him. He's coming off of the two-year suspension for basically nothing, a mix between bad test results, USADA, and marijuana. I mean, but in that time, you can see how much better he got. You can see the size, the muscle, and the improvements he's made. The problem is, in his last two fights, they haven't gone more – they haven't gone out of the first round. So, basically, we haven't seen a lot, especially his last fight where it was basically two punches and the fight was over. Impressive, but we haven't seen a lot. We haven't seen somebody to really test him. We haven't seen somebody to push him. We haven't seen him fight off of his back. So I think this is the fight where you're going to see Marlon Vera push those buttons. I think he, he'll be able to take the punches. He's never been stopped. I think he'll be able to dish out the punishment. He has, you know, submissions. We know he can finish people. He has knockouts. We know he has the power. So I think he can return fire. If Sean O'Malley can look dominant and be impressive in this win, I think it's it's all blazes ahead for him, and he's going to be skyrocketing at the top. Yeah, I'm all aboard the Sean O'Malley hype train. I think he finishes him in the first round. I, I think I think you know his length and, and height's going to bother him. I, the only thing is. Uh, he's gonna have to stay off the ground, obviously, but but Vera hasn't really shown amazing uh, takedown prowess, so I don't I don't think that's necessarily gonna be uh, a big issue. I think he he uh, finishes him with his just superior striking. The dude is uh, he hides punches amazingly, and I you know I I'm sure you guys all saw that last knockout he had, but um, yeah, I see it going going a very similar way. I think he gets the job done and, and gets the job done pretty quickly. Again, he's just going to need to stay off the ground. AJ, how do you have it? Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to bet against Vegas. I'm going to go O'Malley on this one. Well, there's a reason Vegas is Vegas, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so, in the obviously in the main event, we have the big trilogy fight. DC Daniel Cromer, your boy, for, former heavyweight champion, former strike force champion, former light heavyweight champion, going against Stipe Miocic. Multiple people have said this is this is for not only for the title but for the title of the greatest heavyweight of all time. Uh, Stipe Miocic coming off of the win over DC, had a cut a damaged retina in the fight, took a long layoff, and, and here we are. August DC has stated multiple times this is going to be his last fight. AG believes if Stipe wins, this will be his last fight. So there's there's a lot of stuff on the line for this. Vegas has it as pretty much a toss up. DC is a minus 120 favorite. Stipe Miocic even money. So basically, it, it it's even. DC Vegas it doesn't have it either way. I have it going by the way the first fight went. Judging by what I saw in the second fight, Daniel Cormier. I'm going to say fourth round stoppage. I thought DC won the first fight, obviously, by first round knockout. Very impressive. It kind of shocked a lot of people. In the second fight, I thought DC dominated three rounds. Uh, Kudos to Stipe Miocic. He made an adjustment. He was able to land those body shots, which opened up the headshots, which stopped DC. 
But I think that was also a factor, and that was DC's fault for walking into those punches, not respecting uh, Stipe's power. If in the first round, DC outstruck him, hurt him, and threw him around, he threw him to the ground and dominated him on top. If he had done that every round after that, DC would have won the second fight, and that would have been it. But something in DC's ego had him think that he could finish him the way he did in the first round, and he continued to just walk forward and take Stipe's punches. And, I mean, Stipe is who he is, and he's an impressive guy, and he's beaten multiple top contenders and beaten former champions. So you have to respect what he is. And if DC didn't, and I think that's what ended up costing him the second fight, I think he's learned from that. I think he gets better. I think the motivation of this being his last fight is going to prove the difference. He's, he's going to focus on his wrestling, use his striking when he can, and dominate this fight. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I think DC is going to uh, dominate this this fight. Um, I You know, if you saw that first fight, it was it was pretty even as far as, like, significant strikes. I even think Stipe got a takedown, if I remember correctly. Um, and, of course, DC got that that crazy takedown where he, like, lifted him over his head and slammed him. Um, but I just, I just think DC and that second one, so that first one, uh, you know, you, you could say lucky punch, whatever you could say, whatever, but I, it, it was pretty back and forth. And the second one, I thought DC looked way better than he did in the first one. Uh, I was talking to AJ at the time and yeah, he was, he was dominating him. And then, you know, in that second round, you started seeing Stipe kind of go to the body and that's, that's that big soft belly, you know? Um, so he, he started hitting him in that, that Pillsbury dough and, uh, you, you you started seeing it take its toll. Um, you know, you, you get hit in the body, that stamina doesn't, it, it's not the same. He even admitted as much saying that he didn't think his stamina was where, where it should have been. Um, I, I think he's, he's taking this fight seriously. Uh, he's not going to be walking forward with his head hands down like he was in the second fight. Um, and I, I think we see a masterclass performance from DC on his last fight. I think he, I don't know what round, um, I don't know if he gets the finish, but I, I see him just dominating him with the wrestling. I don't think he's going to be trying to to um, necessarily implement that same strategy from the second fight. AJ, how do you, I know you love DC, so how do you have this? Oh going? man, oh yeah, uh huh. Hey, I'm I'm gonna leave it all to Cleveland's only hope, only champion ever. To, to come back home with the belt, to to leave and then come back home with the belt. Hey, I got Stipe. I think Stipe is going to do it. I mean, how with DC walking up to Stipe, even though his coaches repeatedly kept telling him, hey, keep your damn hands up, keep your damn hands up. I mean, how how could you not get that confidence and that boost to your ego when everything you're throwing is landing on Stipe? And it's and it was so effective, too. It it certainly would give any fighter confidence, but uh, to be clear, and this is something DC said in the UFC uh embedded videos that he really got away from his wrestling in the second fight and that's something he looks to not do in this one if he wrestles Stipe like like he can in this fight and that's something he continues to do I think DC is definitely going to win it but if he stands up with Stipe I I, I think Stipe is going to pull it out you know he's going to hit the soft parts again okay so let me ask you this. Do you guys agree that the winner of this fight is the greatest heavyweight of all time? 
Oh yeah, I was thinking about that. Definitely, when you said that earlier. I I don't know. I, I I think, I honestly I think we have to go back and we have to look at all of the heavyweights and not get caught up in what we've seen in the last few years and and say, hey, look, these are the greatest. I think we have to take a closer look. I, hearing that immediately, I'm like, oh, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. So here's my other question for you, which has been brought up by other sports reporters. People have a consensus that if DC wins, he's the greatest heavyweight of all time, but they don't have that consensus for Stephen Miocic. Why do you think that is? Uh, I I think I think they I would think they say that about DC because they're looking at his career in total, and you know what was he heavyweight in strike force? Yes, that's the only way class. He only went to light heavyweight when he came to the UFC because of Cain uh, Velasquez. But he right. had, I don't know if he, I don't remember if he ever had a fight in the UFC at heavyweight, but I know for sure all of his fight, he was the heavyweight Grand Prix and came in as a heavyweight in strike force. Uh, I mean, so are they saying that he is the greatest heavyweight in MMA of all time or he's the greatest heavyweight in UFC of all time? They're saying both. Oh, so they're putting him over. Uh, wasn't Fedor a heavyweight? Fedor was a heavyweight. Yeah. So that's that's the other contender is, is Fedor. Some people have brought up Randy Couture. There's there's Cain been a Velasquez. couple other names. Cain Velasquez. Uh, but remember, Cain Velasquez never won three in a row. Stevie yeah. Miocic did. Cain Velasquez. Uh, Miocic has knocked out the guy who submitted Cain Velasquez. You you have those other factors that that vary in. So it, it's just my question is why doesn't Stevie get the same respect that DC does because he. Stipe never fought a light heavyweight, even though he's the only man to ever win three in a row. And you look at the three people he beat. He beat JDS, former champion, who earned the title shot. He beat he beat Brice Verdum, who was the champion and submitted Cain Velasquez in Brazil, mind you that. And Francis Ngannou, who was undefeated at the time, he gave him his first loss and stood up and took those punches and traded shots with him. So why doesn't Stipe Miocic get the same respect that DC gets? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think in general it's because uh, just DC's career in general, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the wrestling in Strike yep. Force and then in the UFC. You know, if you look at them, he they both beat beat some big names. Um, but I think DC going down to light heavyweight and that that um, rivalry with John Jones, uh, I, I think that just boosted him up in people's in people's minds um, because to be a rival of the greatest of all time, a lot of people say to be a rival of the greatest of all time, you have to at least be up there, you know? So just his, his feud with John Jones, I think elevated him a few points. Um, that, that's the only thing I can think of, you know, go, going down and, and, and being a, a belt holder in both classes. I think that, you know. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think they're looking at, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. My bad. No, go ahead. So yeah. Steve has beaten Mark Hunt TKO, Andre Alaska TKO, Fabricio Brion KO, Alistair Overeem KO, Junior Dos Santos TKO, Francis Ngannou decision, and then KO over Daniel Cormier. Yeah, doesn't get the same respect. That's my big issue with it is I think I think the heavyweight division is one of those divisions where nobody really not runs off big wins. Stevie Milsha did, and I think it doesn't get the credit it does. So it, it's hard to say, especially with the pride status and Fedor status over there. Not to mention, I like to bring it up. Some people don't, you know, drug testing and, and 
those those type of things. I think those things add up. It's it's hard for me to say, but I think I think the winner is is crowned. I think the winner will be crowned the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. Whether he's the greatest heavyweight in MMA history, that's that's the big debate. I, I, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I think Stipe is not getting a fair shot, especially when you look at DC's overall body of work in the heavyweight class in the UFC, which, which isn't a lot. What is it? Three fights? Four fights? He beat Derek Lewis. He fought Stipe twice. And that's it, right? That that's all. That, those are all of his. I think he's. Weight. I think he's fought five times. I think this is his sixth fight. I think I saw that. You know, when they were doing the promo, his sixth fight in heavyweight. Could let's be wrong see. though. So I mean, let's 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 run it through real quick. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So he beat Derek Lewis. Then he uh, beat Miocic. And then that was in 2018. 2019, he lost to Miocic, and then now he's fighting again for it. So those were all of his heavyweight fights. And I don't think that's enough. That's enough body of work to say you are the greatest heavyweight of all time. And especially when you look at everyone who's beaten, who Stipe's beaten, especially in the heavyweight division for so long, there's so much turnover. There wasn't ever any consistent uh, undisputed champion like you were mentioning before. But I, I Stipe doesn't, definitely doesn't have a fair shot at this. So I, I do think if Stipe wins, I think he can, he should get that crown. And then, of course, the last thing I'm going to say is, in order for it to be a rivalry, it can't be one-sided. You know, but both people have to win. You know, back and forth. DC never won against John Jones, so let's not call that a rivalry. But I will say, Stephen Miocic is the only guy on record to stop DC. Wait, wait, wait! Didn't DC get knocked out in the second fight? Is that on the record? Because uh, when you go look at the athletic commission, it says no contest. <laughs> like, hey, even Dana White stepped in and was like, hey, we need to get that overturned. Y'all need to overturn that. Yeah, because that's the most credible person you can reference, right? <laughs> hey, DC goes to bat for him every day, doesn't he? Hey, um, you, you got to back up who signs that paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> looking looking ahead, I, I know we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, wait, is that it for 252 or we got more? My last point on 252 is my biggest question of 252 is Steven Miocic is looking trim, slim. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it's an advantage. I don't know if it's a disadvantage. I've never seen him look this thin. And I've seen him through his entire UFC career, all of his fights. He's always had a certain amount of weight to him. I don't even, I have no idea what he's going to weigh in. I, I mean, he honestly looks like he could be at 205 when he weighs in. I don't know if this is his strategy to outpace DC, outmaneuver, make a miss and strike him, push the pace. I don't know if this is going to be able to withstand DC's take. Because DC is probably, I'm going to estimate DC is going to come in between 235 and 245. If Stephen is below that, how is he going to stop the takedowns? Right? I mean, DC's yep. an yeah, Olympic olympic level wrestler and he's going to be throwing around a smaller guy i'm not sure how steepy milch is going to defend that but i don't know if, if this whole thin slender thing is going to is going to how it's going to affect him if it's going to give him better cardio to challenge that if it's going to bet him cardio to, to push the pace or if you've seen from people who cut weight their chin isn't the same 
maybe he's more susceptible to knockout. I think this is the biggest question of the entire thing, and we'll see what happens. You know, he, he's been real kind of coy, even in the embedded. He hasn't really been on there. So I haven't really got to see a lot of behind the scenes on Stipe. So that, 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 that's my big question going into this fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I also want to see what the stamina is like. You know, if this is going to be a five-round fight, we'll see. Um, but leaving leaving 252, I just wanted to get your get your opinion. It seems like uh, Khabib and Gagey has been booked now. Um, and <laughs> it seems like there's like a polite war of words between the two. Uh, Gagey said there's there's going to be a zone of death in, in front of him. And if Khabib comes in there, he needs to, he needs to bring the, the wreckage. I think he had said, and um, Khabib said, he's going to take Gagey to the deep end of the pool and drown him. So what, what do you think of this? Uh, I've seen Khabib take people to the deep end and drown them. I've never seen anybody put a zone of death in front of Khabib. So when <laughs> Khabib, when Khabib says it, I believe it. And it makes me, it makes me think the challenge is in Gaethje's corner as opposed to, oh, you're going to have to go, go through this zone of death to get there or however 20-some other contenders who said they were going to stop the takedown and yeah. beat him on the feet. I've never seen anybody do that. So to me, this is, this is all Khabib so far. And he, he, obviously they've been respectful to each other and they obviously respect one another. But until somebody does what they say they're going to do to Khabib, I'm going to 100% back Khabib in this. Yeah, you sound like you sound like a Robert Whitaker. They asked him about Khabib and Gagey, and he said, listen, I've said it before, and I'll, I'll say it again. I don't see Khabib losing to anyone. He was like, because if you go in there and you wrestle with the guys, he's like, there's people who are high-level wrestlers. And he said that even in Gagey, uh, as he was talking, he, Gagey was talking about how he was getting dominated by 21- and 23-year-old Olympic wrestlers that are coming in. He's like, you know, if you're getting dominated by, you know, people trying to qualify for the Olympics – you're going to have nothing for Khabib. He's like, cause I've seen Khabib in there with Olympic after Olympic champ, 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 taking people down, smashing them on the cage, having his way with them. Um, and he was like, so I just, he's like, I, I don't see it. He's like, I don't see it. And uh, Whitaker said, the only thing is you, you got to see how he is after his dad passed. Um, he was like, but if this is the Khabib that we're used to seeing, I, I don't see him losing in that light heavyweight division. He's like the best person he thought had a chance was Ferguson. So, yeah, and that's the biggest question for everybody is is that, and that's really the only question is is how he's going to take the death of his father. You know, I personally think it's going to be a set of, especially coming off of the first fight after his father's death, is going to be the, the mark of motivation where he wants to do this for his dad, and it's going to give him that extra burst to push it that much harder. Um, but we'll, we'll find out in September, and I'm one hundred percent September October. 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 So I'm 100% pumped for this fight. I, I can't wait. Me too. What do you think, AJ? I, I think it's really telling if Khabib's over here having his way with Olympic wrestlers because you know all the Russian Olympics do is they just juice up. So they're always on that juice. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that means something. Yeah. Oh, man. I, 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 I had heard, heard Rio Romero discuss uh going back to his old cuban olympic wrestling team and wrestling with those guys and those guys being able to push him around and do what they wanted with him because in in cuba that's that's your job that's what you do right 
so that makes me think that if the super athlete that is Riel Romero can't keep up with the new incoming breed of Cuban wrestlers, but yet Khabib can still do it, it, it lets you know the level that Khabib's at. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what that's what um, uh, Whitaker was saying. He was like, you know, there's just it's just different levels. Like you'll have guys who are wrestlers, and they're like, oh, you know, they're a Olympic wrestler or NCAA Division One wrestler, great takedown defense. They, but there's just levels, and we haven't seen anyone at this level. He was like, so, um, you know, that doesn't mean anyone can't get caught. He was like, but just like you said, until someone stops that game plan, which everyone knows it's coming, you have an entire camp to prepare and it still happens. So um, it kind of just, it kind of is what it is. All right. How about uh, Adesanya versus, versus uh, um, Costa? So I, I, I think this is going to be a fight that pushes Israel to his limits. I think he's going to have a hard time keeping Costa off of him to start First, second, maybe even a little bit into the third round, Costa is going to – he shows he has an iron chin. He shows he likes to come forward. He shows he likes to bring pressure. And most importantly, he shows he likes to hit hard as fuck. Right. <laughs> I I think that uh, it it's going to push Israel's on it. But I think Israel is going to show why he is the champion and handle that initial pressure, land hard shots, and eventually they're going to wear Acosta down and he ends up winning the fight by late round KO. I've met Paul Acosta in person. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, not a big guy, but I'm solid. I'm a yeah. hundred around 175 at the time I met him. I was maybe 175, 180. He fights at 185. I look like I could fit inside of him like a, like a Voltron character. That's how <laughs> huge he was. <laughs> Yeah, it was, that, I, I still think one of the best fights I've seen at, at middleweight was him and, and uh, Romero. Mm-hmm. That was just that was explosive. It was it was crazy. But I, I did I did think Costa kind of gassed out there. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, last point I wanted to bring up was Michael Chandler finished his Bellator career, finished it with an exclamation point about as good as it can be, defeating Ben Henderson, former UFC champion. Former yep. UFC belt contender, you know, the first guy to beat Frankie Edgar. Ben Henderson has this long, you know, prestigious career. They fought before. It was a great fight back and forth. The first time Michael Chandler got the nod. Second time they fight, Michael Chandler wins. First round knockout, under two minutes. Very impressive. He's been the face of Bellator for a long time. Are you guys hoping to see him come to the UFC? And if that, is there any matchups you guys are looking forward to seeing him have? No. So he said he wants Khabib or Gagey. Look, he wants none of those problems with anyone in the top four, um, maybe five, if you want to include Hooker. I, I, I think you can give him a match like Hooker. Whenever you got these guys coming from other places that are champions, they usually get a ranked opponent right away. And so I would have liked to seen him against like an uh, Olivieri, uh, but or Olivera, what, how do you say his name? of Oliveri? Oliveira, I think. Oliveira? Yeah. Um Oliveira, I think he's number so, s- Yeah, Oliveira. I think he's number yeah, 7 Oliveira. or 8. Yes. Yeah, um, he, he I'm sorry. But yeah, I'd like to see him uh with someone like that. He he's already aiming at the top based on his his post fight interview, but yeah, we'll see. What do you think, AJ? I mean, for his sake, and wanting to get paid and get money, hey, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't come to UFC. 
So <laughs> that, that's the biggest question is, if he comes to the UFC, will he get the money that he could have got with Bellator? And is that his objective? Like, does he is he concerned about money or is he concerned about fighting the best? Because exactly. I don't think those, I don't I don't think those two things can go coexist. I think Bellator can offer him a certain amount of money that the UFC can't, but the UFC can offer him a type of opponent that Bellator can't. Mm-hmm. Now, m- most notably, we have Justin Gaethje, who came from a different you know, a different organization was undefeated at the time came in with a win and then had a couple stumble blocks after that. And now he's fighting for the belt. And then we have Eddie Alvarez who came from Bellator, former champion who Michael Chandler beat, who ended up rising to UFC champion. And then, uh, you know, the big knockout by Conor McGregor. And now it's in one, you know, one FC does Michael Chandler follow that path. Is he on the level of an Eddie Alvarez or Justin Gaethje? I think he follows the Ben Askren path, to be honest. You think that <laughs> you think that it's just more of a they'll use his name as long as they can and then end up. Yeah, I think he comes along. Him. He might get a W. He might get a W like Ben Askren beat Robbie Lawler. Someone someone in the back half of the top ten, maybe top fifteen. Then he'll immediately get a higher opponent. And I think he especially if he goes up against a wrestler, I just I don't I don't see it happening. But um, you never know. You never know. So, but I, I, I think the the competition difference is big between Bellator and UFC. Personally, I think if Michael Chandler signs with the UFC, opening fight, Cowboy Cerrone. Oh, that's a W. Because <laughs> he takes all the fights. I yeah, think I think Cowboy just lays down, man. So, I think it's a a, a, name, a name for both people. It's a possible chance to push Michael Chandler in so they can use him for another event to fight another name fighter. But I think the 155 division is so stacked that it, it's not a place yeah, Michael Chandler is. really wants to be. All right, let me throw let me throw two more fights at you real quick. Just you could say something about him. Um, it looks like it looks like uh, Poirier and Ferguson's going to get made. What do you what do you what do you think about that? I cannot wait for this fight. Uh, so excited. I'm going to go Tony on that fight. I think if it's Tony pre double weight cut, he'll yeah. be in there. He'll do what he does and he, and he'll win. I think the issue is if it's not just two weight cuts, which are starting to limit Tony's ability, his age and the wear and tear, then it's going to be Dustin. But I'm willing to bet and say that it was the two weight cuts that ended up costing him against the Gaethje fight, which cost, you know, he didn't have the same pop. He didn't have the same energy. He didn't have the same, a lot of things in that fight, which we're accustomed to seeing for him. I think the time off, I think I want to, yeah, the time off, the healing, the family time, all of that stuff mattered to him. And coming back, I think he beats Dustin Poirier, you know? Yeah. I want to see them both at their best. I think, I think it'll be a fantastic fight. What do you think about that, AJ? I think that'd be a great one. I mean, that's one we've talked about on previous episodes that the the fight for the title of whoever wins that it could be being, and Gagey should be the winner of those two. But I, I think that'd be an excellent fight. I, of course, I got Tony, though. Okay. <laughs> one more. One more. Uh, Woodley versus Covington, uh, Covington, which looks like it's about to happen as well. Uh, I saw that. I think it's on the September 12th card, whatever that one is. 
yeah. out of the out of what I've seen from both fighters and their most recent fights and fights leading up to this fight, I'm gonna have to say Kobe Covington. I haven't seen yeah. Tyron Woodley look impressive since he fought Robbie Lawler. Um, yep. He can't pull the trigger. He hasn't been able to throw punches. He hasn't done anything that's been impressive or remotely anything that, that looks like the way he should. And Covington took Usman to the fifth round, and they went. it was a back-and-forth fight. It was a very competitive fight. And Usman has been a very dominant champion and being, you know, very good contenders. I'm going to have to go Kobe. And I, I think after this loss, the UFC cuts him. What do you guys think? Cuts him? Dang. Yeah, no, I, I think he's about to get that work. He's he's not um, he has not looked good the last two fights. But I'm I want to give it up to the level of competition he's fought. But Covington is is a chip off that same block. A dominant wrestler, high pace, high energy guy. I, I think he dominates Woodley. To be honest with you, and I, it's going to be sad to see it because I really don't like Covington. But um, yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna smoke him. What do you think, AJ? Oh, I, I said the twelfth earlier, but it looks like it's the nineteenth. Um, that's what Ariel Hawani was saying, but I mean, I'd, I'd cross my fingers and just hope so much that Woodley knocks out Covington or, or, you know, just, just brings back whatever he had going for him before just for this fight. Cause I cannot stand Covington, but I mean, look at, look at Woodley's previous fights. It's hard to have any confidence in him that he would win it, but uh, I mean, you, you, you you got to hope. You got to hope he does something. Right. Yep. All right. That's all I have for you guys. Good. Any, any, any closing comments? Are we doing final thoughts? Nothing. So, yeah, I, I have two things for my final thoughts. Let's hear it. One, we have a win for everybody. Uh, Tomofina Lopez. Vasily Lomachenko signed done deal later this oh, year yeah. and it's going to be on ESPN free of charge for every single person I cannot stress nice. this is the this is the biggest fight of the fall you don't have to pay a dime for it we can probably think college football not being able to you know come to agreement on their stuff so there's going to be no fall no fall college football for the most part from all the big competitors ESPN had some extra money. They need to put on shows, so they were able to put up the money the fighters needed for this card. This is going to be a fantastic fight. You have an undefeated, dominant knockout artist against probably the best boxer in boxing right now. I mean, the man has 300 and some uh, amateur fights, multiple gold medalists, multiple division you know, multiple division champion, they call him Lomo no quit because he makes people give up because they can't hit him. But yet you have a guy that could push you to sleep with one touch. You couldn't ask for a better fight. So big win for all of the boxing fans. Big win that this is going to be on just on ESPN. No pay-per-view charge. Not even ESPN Plus with a four ninety nine charge. So, you know, happy about that. Uh, closing note. I recently watched uh, the original uh, four Batmans 
Batman 1989, <laughs> Batman Returns, <laughs> Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. I have shocking news. Batman and Robin is the second best movie out of that trilogy, out of that quadrilogy. Batman Returns, Batman and Robin, Batman 1989, and Batman Forever. That's my ranking. I dare you to rewatch them and tell me something different. You're just trying to start a fight. That's all you're trying to do. <laughs> I dare I dare you to rewatch them and tell me something different. Go ahead, you guys. Said, you yes. said Christopher Nolan's trilogy was the last of that ranking? Is that what you said? I haven't. They're not in that ranking. It's just from 1989 <laughs> to Batman and Robin in the ranking. Those four movies, those four Batmans, Batman and Robin, many people hate on it. But when you watch all four movies back to back, it is actually the second best movie. 1989 is overrated. Wow. All right, my uh, my closing thought is I just want to highlight the next star of the UFC. You heard it here first, or maybe you haven't heard it here first because people have been talking about it now. But Kamzat Chemaev, he's um, he's in that that one seventy division, so he's he's coming for Usman and and Covington and Masvidal and Burns and all those guys. This guy is a monster. They're calling him Khabib three and you could just see it. He is. He looks like Khabib. He does the Dagestani handcuffs. He 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 pounds you on the fence. Does the judo trips. He's he looks like the real deal. Obviously, he's fought two nobodies and he's got them out of there. I think his last fight, the guy punched him once and he landed over 150 punches on the dude, um, mainly from ground and pound. Uh, and it was the same story in his first fight. They were actually trying to book him for uh, 252, but it looks like he's having issues with traveling. So it uh, doesn't look like they were able to get him on the card, but he's ready to fight. He wants to fight again. And I think Dana White knows if you look at his Instagram followers, he went from, you know, 3000 to like 45 or 250,000, I think um, almost overnight. The guy is a sensation. He's dominant. And again, you heard it here first. Next big thing in the UFC. AJ. Gabe, Gabe, did you want to touch on that real quick? So, <laughs> this is a hard one for me. AJ knows I brought him up right after his first fight. Watch this guy. This dude said, hey, I'm ready to fight again whenever you need me. Two weeks later, he fights again and dominates, takes zero punches. One punch, two fights, two both fights, first round stoppages. Incredibly impressive. Can't wait to see his next fight. I will take that with a grain of salt. There are some issues with his, you know, his backstory. It just depends on if you're the type of person that carries those things with you or doesn't. If you separate the two and you just enjoy the fighter, that's great. If you're not like me, like like I said, you know, I had watched Usman, never really cared for him, never cared for his style. Watched a few episodes of Embedded and the way he is with his daughter then all I could do is root for the guy. Yeah. You know, the guy loyalist to Abu Zawad Samarushi, who's basically a dictator and one of the big people pushing the anti-gay. Basically, you know, they find out you're gay, you're going to die in their country. 
big big supporter oh, of him no supposedly no. yeah so you know like i said it's up to you i'm never going to push any of my views on you it's up to you if you separate the two and you have no problem with that that's great you cheer for the guy if you have an issue with it then that's just something you should know going in cheering for the guy yeah thanks for that info i didn't, I didn't even know that man i sent it to you earlier come on now I don't be reading everything you send me. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he, yeah, he'd be sending me a bunch of, did you read this? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, closing thoughts. Man, I, I'm, I'm looking for the, I'm looking forward to 253. I just want Paulo Costa to just to, to humble Israel Azadanya. I just want him to be humbled. That's it. I, I will say I'm 100% shocked. I figured Israel Azadanya would be 100% your guy. Heck no. Heck no. He just can't stand that I I personally love him. I I love the whole attitude. I buy in 100%. I am on the Israel Asana train. Yeah, I'm I'm the direct opposite. And I think it was, for me, it was because he already came in the UFC already chirping and already running his mouth. I'm like, can you do something before you start running your mouth? Granted, he has done stuff. But, you know, I, I mean... Call me old school, I guess, but I don't think you should start running your mouth until you actually start doing something. But that's why I'm just looking forward to Costa. Yeah, I hear you. Well, one more thing for you, AJ. Uh, UFC 4 coming out tomorrow. Go ahead and get that so I can give you that work. Oh, man, I, I haven't played that since like UFC 2, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I used to knock out Gabriel all the time on UFC 1. <laughs> oh, we're not talking about that. <laughs> But all right, that sounds good to me. Oh wait, real quick. Speaking of UFC one, Jamie, you Jay, you ever watched the Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner? No. Oh man, that's that's another good fight to watch. Is it a, is it a Hall of Fame fight? It is the most historic, most important UFC fight of all time. All right, I'll I'll pull it on as soon as we get off here. Regardless of where they are in their career, when you started watching them. At the point of where the UFC was at, at the point where they were at their careers, and at the point where their UFC's notability was at, that fight is the most important fight in UFC history. Okay. Good fight, good fight. But all right, you know th- this this wraps up our opinionated podcast for UFC 252 and for Fight Night and and beyond. Hey, we look forward to hearing your questions or your thoughts about this. Uh, this is our opinion. I'd uh, love to hear yours. Everyone have a good, safe night. Take care. That's it. Goodbye. Bye-bye.